Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are, of course, part of the Variety Sports Network. And, of course, the show originates from the Bradshaw Bourbon Studio. And welcome to everybody uh, jumping in today. Um, I suspect Ian will be along shortly after he gets one of the 32 kids down for uh, uh, nighttime. And uh, you'll notice right away that we have a guest this evening, and uh, we're all really excited about this. Uh, This is Mr. John Harris, and uh, you might recognize John from his days uh, with the Trib uh, there in Pittsburgh. But uh, John has uh, just published a brand-new book. It is called Tomlin. The, the soul of a football coach, and uh, I wrapped up reading it uh, just a couple hours ago. And, um, you know, John, you, you have done a lot of stuff um, in, in a lot of different places. I think you're based out of Austin now. Yeah, I'm down in Texas. Been down here the last six years. Oh, left good Pittsburgh. for you. Left Pittsburgh and came down. down good for you. Uh, you enjoy it down there? Yeah, once I got used to the heat, uh, <laughs> nice place to be. Nice place to be. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I've had the good fortune to be uh, down there a few times. It is great. But uh, uh, let's welcome in Ben Scarps is here. Like I said, Ian will join us. And uh, welcome to everybody watching live. And hello to everybody that will listen on their own. Um, John, I want to ask you uh, right off the bat, one of the things that struck me about this book, and um, it's right here, everybody. This is what it looks like. And um, you can get that at uh, Amazon.com. And I, the, the thing was, the amount of people that you spoke to for this book, I, I don't know how you kept it all organized. Uh, do, do you have any idea how many people you ended up talking to? Uh, I'm thinking probably around 100 or so. And, and I didn't use, I mean, I, I could have probably written two books. I have a lot of material that I wasn't able to use, but I really wanted to, I mean, when I covered Mike, we you know with the trip, mm-hmm. I've just, that's the one side I got. So I really wanted to tell the more of the story of kind of him getting to Pittsburgh, the steps that he took. I really didn't know anything about his college coaching background at all. And so I really wanted to focus on that. And of course, when you get to Pittsburgh, you gotta, I spent a lot of time with the Steelers seasons that he's had, but I was just really fascinated by just the, the climb uh, to get to the Steelers, what it took. And um, when you read the book, some of the things that he did in Pittsburgh that people were kind of like, wow, you can see that he did it before, whether he was in Tampa Bay, you know, whether it was in Minnesota or even some of the things he did at the university of Cincinnati. So it's a, it's an interesting, and when we talk about his age, well, he kind of went through that when he was in Minnesota. Uh, and, And also with, especially in Tampa Bay with John Lynch, who was actually older than him, that's right. And, yeah. And kind of that was his test. And he passed that test. So I remember when, you know, when they kind of, when he came to Pittsburgh, everybody was like, what's this 34 year old guy going to do? And he, he had kind of already gone through it in a way, but the Steelers were different. Steelers had won a Super Bowl. So you're dealing with a different level uh, from his age standpoint. And could he hold up, you know, facing that type of a locker room, a veteran locker room? I seem to recall that James Ferrier was older than he was as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and I think they played against each other. That was the other thing. He played against yeah. Ferrier. He played against um, James in his college career as well, yeah. Yeah, he played against Rondé Barber in Tampa. So, yeah, there was um, there was a, an interesting um, 
I, my, you know, my thing was just kind of trying to imagine that at that time, a really young guy dealing with these guys who are kind of looking at you. And, you know, as everybody knows in Pittsburgh, you know, the, the team was, you know, a lot of the players and the people I interviewed said, I mean, they really were expecting uh, Russ Grimm or, you know, Ken Wesenhunt to get the job. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of had to over forget the age. He had to overcome that as well, a locker room of guys who didn't know him. And, you know, to be perfectly frank, you know, some that didn't want him. And, yeah. you know, in dealing with that, and I'm sure he was aware of it, but he's mm-hmm. singly focused on, as he says, you know, trying to make the team better, trying to make the players better, and trying to win. I, I thought Tony Dungy was perfect for the forward, um, oh, just yeah. considering their relationship. Um, and just the way that uh, Coach Dungy kind of laid things out in terms of how that whole process happened with with Tomlin eventually getting the Steelers' job and and how much it meant to him having been a former Steeler, um, yeah. it, I, I, it just struck me. I thought it was really really cool. Um, yeah, I, I was when I was when I read the Ford, I was it, it was surprising to me that when he left when he got fired and went to um, uh, Indy, he wanted to bring Tomlin as a defensive coordinator. And he was only that was after one year, and I didn't really I didn't know that. Which yeah. to me would have been pretty remarkable in itself. But uh, Tampa Bay wasn't letting any of the defensive coaches, Monty Kiffin, for obvious That's reasons. Right. They didn't let any of them out of the contract, so they were all they all stayed in Tampa. Yeah, I I forgot about that part of it that he he stayed down there. Um, Ian, welcome to the show. Glad to see you. Thank uh, you. And- I made it. Yeah, and uh, if if you guys, you or Scarps uh, or, or Ben again, if you have any questions for John uh, related to the book, please jump in. Um, yeah, so John, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, nice to meet you. And uh, what was your uh, biggest surprise as you kind of put everything together? In you know, obviously, you know, Mike Tomlin having a very public job, um, but I think you know a lot of us don't see things kind of behind the curtain as much as this book, you know, kind of is, reveals a little bit. So what was your biggest surprise as you uh, put the book together? I think how the, um, the job search came together. Um, there's, a, there's a chapter devoted to the Rooney rule and a lot of that factors into this. And I, you know, I, I when I, you know, when I was covering the, 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 the search and the, and the team, so we're, we're in Pittsburgh, so we're, we're Pittsburgh centric. So we're kind of looking at it from that, in that prism. And that chapter really kind of shows there were other um, forces at work. And the other thing I have to say, uh, I would just say Dan Rooney, I, I, I knew Mr. Rooney, spoke to him every now and then. I, you know, after writing the book, I wish I had spoken to him a lot more. Um, his um, commitment, uh, just fearlessness, um, just the way he approached uh, not only that hiring Mike Tomlin, just the way he approached the way he ran the team. I mean, to me is beyond commendable. And I, I was hoping to portray that in the book to let people know. I mean, he's beloved in Pittsburgh. But I want to let people outside of Pittsburgh know just who he was. Uh, and he was the driving force behind the Rooney rule. And mm-hmm. as, as it was said, when he passed away and then out before that, when he, you know, went to Ireland, it really lost a lot of momentum and steam. And it's hard to believe that one man could have that influence, but he was so well respected by fellow owners. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't always see eye to eye, but they respected him. They would hear him out. And he, his, so his involvement. So I don't know. That may be the biggest surprise. I knew him, but I didn't know him. No, and yeah. just how respected he was around the NFL. And just, you know, there's a, there's a part in here which was stunning to me that uh, John Wooten, who um, played, who, who actually replaced Chuck Knoll as a, on the offensive line with the Cleveland Browns. That connection is very deep. And when they had their annual meetings, the Rooney rule, for the Rooney Rule, they, he, Dan Rooney didn't know who Mike Tomlin was, and every year they would meet and they would present potential candidates, mm-hmm. and Mike Tomlin's name was on there. But Dan Rooney didn't know who Mike Tomlin was, and in a later conversation, John Wooten asked as a favor because he and Dan Rooney went back. Could I like? Could you just go talk to this guy, Mike Tomlin? And because of the relationship they had, the respect they had for each other, Dan Rooney actually flew to Minnesota and met with Mike Tomlin before coming. You know, then we knew when he came to Pittsburgh, I I didn't know that. Nobody really knew that. He went to Minnesota, met with him, and then was so impressed, he calls back John Wooten, tells him, hey, I got to bring this guy to Pittsburgh. And then it goes from there. So he didn't know. I mean, he didn't know. anything about Mike Tom other than his name on the, I mean, he only coached one year in the NFL as a coordinator. I, Minnesota. He, he was like the rest of us, uh, you know, yeah. I, all yeah. of us remember those moments after coach Cower had moved on. And I, I, I think so many people just assumed it was going to be Russ Grimm. Yeah. Um, and, and boom, who Mike Tomlin. Okay. Defensive coordinator. I mean, we didn't know a lot either. No, no <laughs> it, it truly came out of the blue uh, yeah. in, in so many different ways. Uh, and I, I think that chapter uh, will tell folks a lot about you know, I really try to do a step by step process with each of the interviews, each of the mm-hmm. candidates, mm-hmm. what they brought to the table. Um, Bill Cowher actually made it easier because they thought it may have been a little bit longer before he actually officially True. You know, resigned. But he kind of resigned that week right after the season. And that way he, he resigned on a Friday. And the Steelers interviewed Ron Rivera that Sunday, um, like two days later in, in oh. Chicago, because they were getting ready for the um, for the playoffs. Yeah. And um, so and then, it went, you know, then it went down the line. And uh, I think Russ Grimm was interviewed next. And then uh, Ken Wisenhunt was interviewed. Uh, then Mike Tomlin. And then um, I think Chan, Chan Gailey was that, that that week. They interviewed quite a few that week. And then Wisenhunt. Yep. You know, he got into the Arizona, he got the Arizona job. So he was out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to uh, Tomlin and Grimm, who both interview again. And and to me, the, the mystery guest in all of this, still to this day for me, is Ron Rivera. Because even going into that final week, when the Steelers announced, these are our finalists, they had him as one of the three finalists, even though he was in Chicago and they knew they weren't going to be able to interview him a second time until Chicago was out of the playoffs. And, you know, I talked to uh, Cyrus Murray, who's one of, one of the attorneys mm-hmm. um, with the Rooney rule. He told me straight out that actually, according to him, according to what Dan Rudy told him that um, Ron Rivera was actually his second choice, um, which I was like, okay. And uh, <laughs> I, I forgot and, about Rivera. Yeah, so, he was like, yeah, he's the mystery guy that no one really, because he was out, he was still playing, and you know, I don't know if they had lost 
mm-hmm. you know, would they have brought him back for another interview? I don't know. And no, yeah. that, that question was really never answered because what was what the uh, what Art Rooney told the media was that once they had their finalists, they started negotiating with them for a contract, the parameters sure. of a contract. Sure. Yeah. Yes. They interviewed with they did it with Graham, they did it with Tom. I don't why, know why Graham they was did bitter. it with Rivera. That was never, I mean, no one really ever asked him that. So I don't know if they actually had presented him with one or not. Um, so that to me is like the great mystery in this search. Was he really that serious of a candidate? Right. And just basically once they won and they still didn't want to wait another week, because if they had, if they had had to wait another week, it would have been what two more weeks. Two more weeks. So they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I know the senior bowl was that week, and I figured they just right. hey, you know what, we gotta we gotta pull the we trigger. Gotta, we gotta get going. Yeah. yeah. We are so, uh, so John yeah, in your opinion, and I'm just asking your opinion here. I, I I'm not really asking for a, a, a factual response. Yeah. Was Mike Tomlin a candidate who came in? Nobody really knew who he was, but they sat down and they talked to him, and he was so impressive that they said, "This guy is going to be a head coach. If we yeah. don't hire him, somebody's going to." And so they made the decision based upon the fact that. He was definitely going to be a head coach, yeah. And that maybe they could they could catch lightning in a bottle. That that's always the impression I've gotten reading about that process. Well, the interesting thing about it is he really fit. I mean, he he fit the narrative. If you mm-hmm. look at the two previous coaches, Bill Cowher was what in his thirties, early mid thirties. Yep. Chuck Noll was in his thirties. Yeah. I know Bill Cowher was more of what a special teams guy. But they all had like defensive backgrounds. So in that regard, and they were young. So in that regard, he kind of fit, you know, mm-hmm. just but nobody but nobody knew who he was. So we just weren't thinking Mike Tomlin, oh, they can't be this guy was one year in Minnesota, you know. It's like, yeah. you know, really? And so I, I think you know, the media was uh surprised. I mean, Russ Grimm, he didn't really fit the narrative in that regard. Mm-hmm. He was an offensive coach. And he was older. He was almost 50. Um, but he was well-loved in, with the organization. Oh, yeah. you know, players wanted him. And I think that's another thing about Dan Rooney and the, and the Rooney's in general. They don't really care. They knew how the media felt. They knew how the fan base felt, right? Yeah, we could have done this. We could have hired Russ Graham. And everybody would have been good, right? They would have yeah. been good with it. And they knew. I mean, come on. They know. They, yeah. they know what's going on out there, right? They Absolutely. hear everything. And in spite of all of that, they they hired Mike Tomlin. You know, it's just like it's just like when they hired Bill Cower. Uh, Joe Green was a finalist, and, exactly. and they hired they hired Bill Cower instead. They just and and Joe Green was hurt. He left the team because of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they made the right choice. Yeah, I yeah. believe they did. Yeah. Yeah. They made the right choice. We are uh, uh, talking with John Harris. John is the author of this brand-new book that you can get on Amazon. It is Tomlin, The Soul of a Football Coach. Um, It is outstanding. It is loaded with all kinds of interviews um, with former players, coaches, uh, even Mike Tomlin's brother. It's fantastic. Um, You notice notice there's one person who I don't quote directly in there. You know who that is, right? Um, one person's not quoted. He's well, quoted, I, I, but he's not quoted. Right, and I was going to ask you about that. Uh, what, so I, I want everybody to know that I, I did. I was not able to get a sit down with Mike Tom, but it doesn't. To me, it's very Mike Tomlinish. I, I didn't. Oh, I was disappointed. 
but I wasn't I wasn't surprised. Um, but the fact that I had great conversations with his brother, and they are extremely close. Okay. And the fact that I spoke with him told me a lot that he was good with it because if if this you know there's just those two it's just they, they were the only two siblings. If he didn't feel good about it or comfortable about it, his brother wouldn't have talked to me. And, and that's, um, that's what I was going to ask you. I, yeah. Obviously, Mike must have felt comfortable enough with his brother. Um, yeah. yeah. Scarps, you had a, a question. Yeah, John, good to see you again, my man. Uh, for those out there, uh, I worked with John very early in my career with the Steelers. It's always a pleasure. I, I appreciate your patience. Uh, <laughs> didn't get to tell you that. I can't. Can you, can you? I can't. Yeah, Mike up a little, yeah oh, move yeah, your yeah, mic a little bit, Scarp. How about now? Yeah, that's better. Okay, a little better. Area. Sorry, I got some headphone issues. So, John, good to see you again. Uh, I worked with John early in my career with the Steelers. It was always I remember. It's always a pleasure, and I, I want to thank you again for your patience and putting up with me. But um, I want I would I'd like to ask you because I never got to ask you this when we were there because we had to. I couldn't I couldn't ask all the goodies. But what, what's the what's the one thing you learned in your research about Mike Tomlin, the coach, that you didn't know, and and Mike Tomlin, the person that you didn't know, that really opened your eyes. Um. He's really a very basic, simple guy. Um, I was talking to his brother about because you know a lot of people said, "Oh, you know, hey, Mike Tomlin, he'd be great on TV." And mm. and I asked his brother about that. He kind of laughed. He said, "My brother is a gym a gym teacher." Basically, <laughs> said that he's a he's a coach. <laughs> that's how he described. It. I mean, who's going to do it better than your brother, right? Who knows than your brother? I love it. I love and it. That's, how, that's, great, how he just, great, yeah. that's how he described him. I mean, I just think he's. I mean, we have this R, people see him on the sideline, you know, the, you know, the, all that. But he's just, he's the guy who loves to coach and teach, um, which would be the best way. I mean, take away all the veneer, the the aura and everything. I mean, he, it's like he could, he's like, a, he could be a high school coach. I mean, he's just a coach. That's, he loves football. He loves it. He wanted to be an NFL player. It didn't work out. This is his thing. You know, he said he never got over that. So that's the, that's kind of one of the things that's driven him throughout his coaching career. He wanted to be a he was a wide receiver. I mean, I think that's one. I know I'm hearing this stuff now, but with George Pickens, and he talks about that. He has a special affinity for wide receivers. He played it. He was kind of like a George Pickens. I mean, if you read some of the stuff in there, he was a, yep. he was trash talking and with teammates and, and and opponents, and that was his thing. So I think he, in a sense, he understands. I mean, I think he under what George Pickens doesn't know, you know, there has to be limits to what you do, but I think he kind of can deal. He understands the thought process in that regard. Um, So we'll see how that plays out over the time, you know, with Pickens, if he drops all that, you know, grows up a little bit more and just goes out and performs on the field. But he, he definitely wants to try to relate to his guys Mm -hmm. if he can. Um, And, as you see, you know, people talk about Antonio Brown. Well, I mean, he, he was great in Pittsburgh and, you know, flew off the handle. He flew off the handle in Pittsburgh, too, but he, he flew off the handle and was very productive. He really yeah. wasn't – well, he was, he was okay with Tampa Bay. Yeah. But he wasn't the Antonio Brown um, no. that, that we knew. I mean, those were some phenomenal, phenomenal years that they got. The, the, the parts about Coach Tomlin – 
playing at William and Mary. I, I thought you detailed that really well, uh, talking to uh, uh, so, some of the, his, his former teammates and stuff, and, and oh, his yeah. former roommate, the quarterback, and yeah. uh, it's just it's so fascinating for me to you know because we see Mike Tomlin so often on the sidelines, and we see that, and then to read about him trash talking with some of these guys and the way he was in, in yeah. practice. And, and it, it just, I, I, I eat that stuff up. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I opened the book with Dan Quinn, who's the Dallas Cowboys yeah. defensive coordinator. Well, he was a first year assistant coach at William and Mary. And <laughs> I, I opened the whole book with it and he gets yeah. invited to this frat party by Mike Tomlin, who's a <laughs> senior. So, so think about that for a minute. You got a, a coach. He was young. Yeah, his first year, but you got this player. Hey, come on, Q, and he called him Q, not Coach Quinn. Q, uh, we're going to take you to this party, and Q said, "Okay, let's go." And <laughs> and the thing is, and one thing you'll in, in reading the book, a lot of connections. So when Dan yeah. Quinn goes to um, VMI the next year, and they have an opening, so they have a meeting there with Bill Stewart was the was the late Bill Stewart was the coach. Hey, and, and he brought up Mike Tomlin's name. And he, he, as he explains in the book, hey, you know, Mike, when I was that year, I was in William and Mary, he helped me out. You know, he made my transition easier. So I, if I had an opportunity, I was going to do the same thing. He did the same thing in Minnesota. I mean, uh, Miami. When Tomlin interviewed for the defensive coordinator job in Miami, and right. Dan Quinn was an assistant in Miami. And, he, and I think that was maybe – Nick Saban's last year, he was he was the coach, yeah, and he didn't get that job. But again, Dan Quinn kind of stood up and, uh, and and pushed this guy. So there's a lot of connections, you know, and reciprocating. Bill Stewart's son, Blair Blaine, was uh, who's in the book, mm-hmm. uh, was a kid when Mike Tomlin was at um, uh, VMI, but he he was an assistant on the Steelers staff for like four or five years, right? Years back. So loyalty is really important to him. Connection and obviously Randy um, Fitchner. I mean, he he basically got Mike Tomlin the job at Arkansas State. Um, you know, Keith Butler. They have a very. I mean, I didn't realize they they very connected through the years. Yeah. Those three: uh, Keith Butler, Randy Fitchner, and uh, Mike Tomlin. When you read that chapter, it's fa- I think Steelers fans will just find that fascinating. And, and when you see, you know, he hires mm-hmm. Randy Fitchner as a wide receiver coach. You know, when, when Dick LeBeau, uh, he leaves, he hires Keith Butler as his defensive coordinator. So there are a lot of Butler connections. was Butler was already coaching with the Steelers when when Tom yeah he was on, he though. was there yeah yeah he, well, he just he was, promoted I mean, yeah. and he was an outstanding outside linebackers coach oh, oh my yeah goodness yeah yeah. Well, yeah I guess he had both inside and outside before yeah he did I'm sorry yeah he was he was really 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 good coach. Um, John, before we, we let you go, um, I, I want to ask you, Mike Tomlin's 17, 18 years of coaching now. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what is your, your opinion on, on when, when he finally goes, will it be on his own terms when he steps away from the Pittsburgh Steelers? 100%. Mm, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think, I, I think if, if he loses that, passion so i think that's what drives him right um i think if he if he doesn't feel it or if he doesn't feel like he can i don't see him like just hanging on for a job because he can maybe i think if he's if he loses it if he loses something if he feels like he's lost something 
that's why I feel like these last year was kind of important and this year as well, just to see, because you 17 years is a long time to be a, a head coach yeah. in one place. Yeah, it you is. Know, you know, especially for the veterans that have been there. I mean, they've heard your voice, you know, over and over and over again. And that's why they say it's hard to keep a locker room. You yep. know, um, if he ever loses the locker room, I mean, I think that would be the answer to your question. If that happens, yeah. I think, and, you know, and, 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 you know and I brought it up strictly because I know Bill Cower talked a little bit about, you know, himself feeling a little bit of that drive wasn't quite there. And, yeah. you know, I, I mean, it just happens, you know, players, coaches, it, it, it does, it happens. And, and I, I mean, I have got no reason to think it's happened with, with Mike Tomlin and he'll be the first to admit when it does, but um, um, yeah, it, it it's, been a fascinating run for him and um i want to just again thank you for joining us and everybody that's listening and watching um the book right here tomlin the soul of a football coach it's fantastic it's loaded with some great interviews um and uh john harris is the author and john thank you so much for joining us tonight thanks guys it'll be out on the 21st of this month and i've been checking i think all pretty much all the pittsburgh bookstores uh, we'll have awesome. it as well, especially Barnes and Noble. Um, so hope well, you check it out. I really appreciate you guys having me. Uh, anytime you need me, just let me know. Hey, sounds great, John. And Thanks, uh, John. We, we will we Thanks will do our us. part to, to push right. the book as much as we can. It's a great read. Right. Thank you so much. You okay. guys have a great Thanks. evening. Thanks, okay. John. You too. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Again, that was John Harris, author of the new book, Tomlin, the soul of a football coach. And and I mean, we could spend literally uh, hours uh, with with John and, um, you know, it, it, it there's just so much um, to, to go over. And um, it, but it was great to have him on. And, and uh, I don't know what happened to Scarpino. He, he just <laughs> kind of disappeared. But. <laughs> which is really problems with his mic which, which really sucks because he, he thought i was, was just cute to exit too right right um i i was i fuck I, you I johnny i didn't kick uh not johnny Ryan. just had on johnny in the chat yeah johnny in the chat sorry yes uh, yeah i apologize that was poorly timed yes well yeah in anyway yeah i did not bump anybody bozik i did not bump anybody <laughs> Yeah. bumped himself. Uh, basically, do that. John John didn't hang up. You have to hang up. Right. Uh, John did not now? hang up. I eventually uh, uh, did that, and, and Scarps is back. Now, yeah, uh, we're, we're, Scarps, yes, Dan, we can hear you Dan much Bozic better, wants to talk about Kyler Murray. <laughs> Why? So you can't hear me now. Yes, we can. I, I, okay, sorry. I, I don't know what it is. I can't – like my volume – sorry. Uh, check one. So you just have sibling, to go into the sibling. settings or whatever and make sure that you're yeah. – yeah your headsets connected well yeah, guys i'm glad well first of all we'll we'll get the most important question out of the way here but but eventually we're going to get over to scarpino because he's had one hell of a week this guy has uh, he oh he has let's talk uh, about the last podcast the last podcast <laughs> yeah what are you talking about ryan do you remember the ryan in atlanta <laughs> That's right. i remember everything boys <laughs> Right in Atlanta. Man, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, uh, Redemption High Rye. Nice. Very nice. Ian, what do you got? Uh, so I am still like getting over this weird cold thing that I had that is definitely not COVID, but 
just like a lingering cold. So I have tea and whiskey and beer all here. Holy jeez. Okay, now we're dining uh, on Saturday night. And yes, I, I, I'm fine. You better not bring bring COVID. To, I do to... not have COVID. I'm okay. fine. All right. Where are you dining? <laughs> right. Where uh, are you well, going to dine? We'll be dining at a uh, a brewery. Let's just put it that way. A brewery that doesn't a, a narrow brewery. it down. I know. I, it, no, doesn't it doesn't at all. I, I oh, we'll be contacting both of there's you. A, well, we, you, uh, it's kind of a tiny little place, but there's a Minio's in Lebo you could go to, but it's uh, it's really yeah. small. It's really just a takeout spot, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, I mean, more or less. There's a couple yes. of seats, but you no, know, no. Yeah. We we we're gonna go have a few beverages, and yep. maybe we'll call both of you guys and. You know, yeah, make some. You know, make some. You guys are gonna have some calls. some mango beers. Did you guys invite Ryan, or is it too far for him to come from the North Hills? <laughs> I fucking live in the North Hills, but I got COVID, man. I'm he's got, he's got the vid, man. Yeah, but but Ryan, we're talking about Saturday. Saturday. He's got a little dooger at home. I don't. I totally understand. But I. So, I, I, so Ryan, did you get COVID from the White Claws in Atlanta? <laughs> I think it might have been the Circle K where no, I, I, I think it's the airport, man. Airports are no, filthy. It was, Lo- so Logic gross. says airport. Story, yeah. I really want it to be the Circle K. It I was, did too, but I don't I mean, think it was. Yeah, we were at a we were at a trade show. We we went to a lot of different places. We were around thousands of people. Um, you know, it's hard being a rock star, but somebody's gotta do it. Um but I really do think the Circle K did me in. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, in your performance, definitely contributed to your performance on the podcast last week. Yeah, that's, right, that was glorious. It's, it's always hard when you're when you're not on your usual location. It, it is. It's just it's just different. But uh, Scarps, you had a hell of a week, and uh, uh, you you really pissed off the picket fans out there, man, by laying down some facts, and they weren't having it. Yeah, Ryan, why didn't you tell people the truth? Fucking hater. Yeah, um, facts and context uh, is not, you know, that's not something that the picket maniacs uh, enjoy. Um, and my my whole point of, of what I said was that, um, and Casey's going to touch on this out. a little bit later, but my whole point was putting things in context. Yeah, Kenny Pickett is clutch in those moments but he's also terrible for the first three quarters right um and i did a little digging because picket fans are saying that uh picket is he's just like early ben just like early ben you know no, early ben early on early early. Ben, no. you know ben had 53 game-winning drives in his career and he had you know similar numbers early on to picket numbers wise but um the average number of points that uh, the opponent, sorry, the average, yeah, the average number of points that the opponent had in Ben's fifty-three game-winning drives was twenty, and the average number of points uh, in Pickett's seven game-winning drives that the opponent has is thirteen, and so I was bringing that to light and and pointing out that Pickett, although he does these things and he and he wins these games, yep. they're not scoring a lot of points. And the defense is keeping a lid on it, which means that Thank you can God. suck for three quarters if the defense does its job and you have the opportunity to do these game-winning drives. Um, so when you think about, you know, that's a seven-point differential. And if you think mm-hmm. about all these games, if the opponent had 20 points, I don't really know if the Steelers could have, could have even come back. 
in some of these yeah. games. It's been ugly. And, you know, for those people saying that, oh, you know, well, Roethlisberger wasn't that good early on and he had to learn and blah, blah, blah. In Ben's rookie year, he outdoled uh, the New York Giants by a score of 33, 33 to 30. To 30. In a it wasn't just that. Ben, game ben had an But I'm just saying, so one, just let me finish this. But my yeah, point okay. is, my point is, only one time have the Steelers won a game when Kenny Pickett starts when they allow more than 20 points. And that was earlier this season against the Browns when the mighty Kenny Pickett-led Steelers had about negative 30 yards in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so yeah, you got okay. two defensive scores. <laughs> Context it's got to work in your delivery a little bit, Scarps, and then people will listen. You, you, like yeah, you're taunting them with it. You just gotta, you just gotta stop. You, you just gotta stop taunting people with it, and they'll listen. They will. They, Some will. They're, they're, they're just they're they're Kenny lovers, and they think that you're taunting them with these stats, which you are. And uh, that that's all, really. That, so, my friends, uh, Dan and Johnny, who are in the chat right now, will tell you that I'm not the person to lecture you on this because I'm kind of a dick myself about that stuff but no oh wait a minute news what i am saying what i am saying is if you want to get the point home don't be like ben be like ian instead but i want to point out a couple of things real quickly one ben's rookie year he had a ridiculous yards per attempt of 9.2 at quarterback it was fucking ridiculous now i gotta wait for scarves to get his goddamn hell his headphones back on (laughs) you can hear me Okay, now, and, and I want to point out one other thing to you, uh, Mr. Scarpino. I threw out a similar stat about one Rudy, oh boy. Rudy Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, about how he lost every game where the defense gave up more than 16 points. And in fact, the one time that the defense gave up 16 points, he tied the fucking game versus the worst goddamn team in the fucking NFL who were starting corners who had been on the street literally the week before, and you still defended the fucker. So. Try and see the Mason Rudolph defender, excuse me, the, the Kenny Pickett defenders through the lens of the Mason Rudolph defender, and you'll be okay. You'll come back. Uh, well, uh, All right. yes, Ian, please. I just have a slight addendum to Ryan's point. Oh. I, not a disagreement, just an addendum. Okay. Ryan used the game against the Giants as an example, which, yes, Ben outdueled fellow first round pick Eli, Eli Manning, Manning to yep. the tune of you know a 33 to 30 victory but that was a pretty bad Giants team especially on defense that in year. the Meadowlands in the Meadowlands yes the more impressive victories were the back-to-back wins over the Patriots who had won 21 games in a row where he threw multiple first quarter touchdowns to put them up I think 14 to 3 on Tom Brady yeah. who was the defending Super Bowl champion, and then Deshae Townsend had a pick six, and I lost my voice screaming, and it didn't come back until the next week when they went and beat the Eagles, who Eagles. were either undefeated or only had one loss at the time. They were like widely regarded because they had been to the Super Bowl the year before too, and were widely regarded as like the best team in the NFC. Like beating those two in back to back weeks yeah. was incredibly impressive, and Pickett has yet to beat one of the top teams in the league other than the Baltimore Ravens. But like, look at like the really good teams we've played, right? Like the bills, we got smoked by the 49ers this year. We got smoked mm-hmm. by the, uh, the Houston Texans, the, the Texans. Well, okay. They're, they're not, not they're a the really good team. Really. They're just a team. 
the, they, they the Eagles last year we got smoked by. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have they have a quarterback who is going to be a very good quarterback. I'm fucking so jealous. But you know they're not a great team. Well, I and, I, and I, I, just, I think that Scarp's yeah. point, if you just look at 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 the point in a vacuum, is correct. If the defense gives up twenty or twenty one or twenty two points, but un- unless the defense is scoring points too, we're kind of screwed because. But, but it, the one time yeah. that, that we've put up more than 20 points this season, we got 14 from the D. And, and let me add No, wait a minute. Point. I'm sorry. I take that back. The well, Raiders game. I apologize. That's that, that's incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. 20, that ended 20-17, I think. Right. Um, my question is this. Can Kenny Pickett bring this team back? from a substantial deficit. In other words, by substantial, I'm going to suggest two scores. Not without a turnover from the defense. Right. And and, and until that um, happens, I I'm not I'm not going to say he can't. No, I won't. I'll never I, say I, ever. What I will say is this. The jury is still out on this kid. It, it's it's difficult to say he's going to be really good or even okay. I'm going to use a different word. It's difficult to say this kid's going to be a respectable starter. Okay. He's not one yet. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest. Mm-hmm. He's not one yet. He hasn't put together a complete performance yet ever. And it's difficult to project that he's going to be able to because of the performances we've seen thus far. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say he's not going to do it. I think if, if he has good offensive line play and maybe a better play caller, you know, we're going to see a better quarterback and he'll grow as a, as a, as a player as well. And we'll see, you know, some better football, but I'm not, here's a guy I'm a little dubious, you know, I, when he, when he came in, I thought that Sorry. he was going to be when, before he was drafted, I said, he's going to be a bottom 10 quarterback for his career. So that said that on this show and yeah. you know, then he became a stealer and it's like, well, now I have to hope the guy is not a bottom 10 quarterback for his career. Cause obviously he's going to be our quarterback for at least the next four years, p- potentially five. And then, you, you know, know we'll see what happens. If all these quarterbacks keep getting injured, he might work his way up to like 16th in the league. Right. I don't, I honestly, I mean, dude, the, the guy is, have you seen his, um, but so that's he's so, he's regressed since last season. So he really has. And that's the thing about that. And and I, I want to be real about this. And we're going to talk again. Casey's going to touch on this, but but he there is a very, very good chance that we have already seen everything we're going to get out of Kenny Pickett in his career. Unless I wouldn't say that very, very and, good, really. And I'm, I'm, I'm give me a second. Unless, unless there is a change in coordinators, philosophy, schematics. Because here's here's what I here's a guy here's what I think happened is that they have they have to a certain extent they have instilled fear in him that's that they say we're not going to turn the ball over. Our defense is going to do the job. And you're going to win win us games, and that's what's that's what's essentially happened. But if you like, I, he doesn't strike me as a guy that could go out and just sling it and and win a game by himself. 
And that would be a philosophy change organization-wide and would involve a coordinator that likes to run and gun. Like, if he had I, Bruce Arians, I, just, I, I like Pickett a whole lot better working outside the structure, which makes me question the structure. I'm just being frank, okay? Yep. But the thing you see with him when he's working outside the structure is that he's more fearless. He just makes plays because he's playing instinctively. And that's when he's having success. Unfortunately, he still has this thing where he's trying to spin out of the pocket, which he can't fucking do. Trubisky does it now too. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, and and, and I, there are a couple other bad habits that he needs to break, mm-hmm. but I do, I do like his instinct to play outside the structure a little bit, and it gives me hope. It gives me pause to go, okay, maybe he can, you know. But it's all maybes, and and people want me to like believe that he can, and you know, give him a chance, and just just give him a chance, just wait. I, <laughs> I feel like that's every week we keep talking about that. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Maybe the thing I, is I, he's not he's not doing the quarterback one oh one things you want to see from your first round pick. Even Trevor Lawrence, when he stunk it up down there in, in Jacksonville his first couple of seasons, he was doing the quarterback one oh one things. They just they had a really kind of a crappy team and they were they were poorly coached. Ian, if 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 Pickett had a Trevor Lawrence arm, would we be having different discussions? maybe um I, but, I mean let's not forget trevor lawrence looked terrible when urban meyer was his coach and yep. they brought in a head coach and offensive coordinator and quarterback coach who are all very good at coaching up quarterbacks i mean yep. i i'm i really respect doug peterson and think he's probably one of the better coaches in the league um just because of the job he's been able to do not just in jacksonville but what he did i, I mean so he won a super bowl in philadelphia with a backup quarterback he beat tom brady in a shootout other games tom brady has lost in the super bowl they've been like defensive struggles but he beat brady in a shootout and it was basically all on scheme it was all on scheme. i got that passed i got that past the that's nice yeah, well, um, in the chat. I do, I I do, do want to know this. I do want to answer Aaron's question because I think it's a good one. Um, he asked, Is Pickett a top 32 quarterback, or do you think there are backups throughout the league who are better than him? Oh, come on. My, my answer is both. There are backups around the league who are better than him. What? But he's also a top 32 quarterback. What? Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback in Indianapolis and is better than Kenny Pickett. You think so? Really? I do. Yes. I would agree with that. Taylor Heineke Heineke is better than Kenny Pickett. Taylor Heineke is better than I don't don't know that I agree with either one of those. I would would take Minshew. I I would agree with you that those guys are quality backups, no question. But better, I I don't know. Right now, yes, I I would agree with what Ian just said. Um, Yep. Dan wants us to bring back Dobbs. Hey, Dan, remember watching the, the the Oakland game with me when Josh Dobbs came in for Ben and fucking lost it? Remember that? Hey, I I that's in the past. I'm thrilled for Josh Dobbs. I think. It's hey, you great. know I'm happy for Dobbs too. You know and what? if he if he you know keeps playing, 
he can do the Geno Smith thing and maybe, maybe he'll actually get the big contract. He showed up. He showed up in Minnesota, and five days later, he was playing with scrubs. Dudes, he didn't even know. They were literally, like, Kevin O'Connell was, like, literally, like, instructing him from the sidelines with that, like, 20-second window. Yeah. And he went out and won the game. Kenny Pickett gets every practice rep every week with guys like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Najee Harris and, and a revamped offensive line and absolutely Blows for three quarters. <laughs> I mean, Dumb, I'm, no, I'm, I'm I can't argue serious. with that. You know, freak. I, you know who's a really Scarps, good friend. I can't with, argue with that. With, with Todd Haley is is uh, is Mr. Scarpino here. They're good buddies. They like to hang out. Party yeah, I, night. Yeah. Did you see I, Dobbs practicing I, the I snap count Haley. with his lineman on the sideline yes, before yes. the game because like he didn't have time to learn the snap count? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, people don't recognize what a great story that is. And not to mention. Oh, it's a fantastic not, story. I mean, yes, my God. Yeah. He was playing. On, I mean, the, the Cardinals are terrible, but mm-hmm. they've been competitive. That Because right. that dude was just going out and, and just just like willing them to, to points and willing well, they them. Just, they they kind of gave him carte blanche. They, they gave him the ability to kind of go in and, and just yeah. run the offense as he yeah. saw fit. And when you, and, when you give yeah. people – the ability to to do that they might be able to bring out the best in themselves mm-hmm. especially if they're a really smart guy who knows who what their own strengths and weaknesses are since we're yeah. talking well i was just gonna say since we're yeah. talking picket a little bit we we just saw the steelers knock off the the titans and and they played against a uh, a rookie quarterback making his second career start that kid's got a cannon. Um, Scarps, oh my who, who, god! Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Will Levis or Kenny Pickett? Uh, Will Levis, and it's no question. And I and I and again, the Pickett maniacs—they they they were so quick to point out that oh well, on that final drive, Will Levis, uh, Will Levis had three interceptions, and they finally picked him off on that final one. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, who the fuck was the guy throwing the ball to? They 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 had. They had every one of their offensive linemen were injured. Like this so so what's worse? Like it's like the this vaunted Steelers defense or a rookie in Will Levis who made some really nice throws throughout the game. And then no wonder that they kid's got off. a cannon. The kid's no got a they, really yeah. nice arm. No wonder they picked him off. He was throw like they had to make the end zone from the twenty five yard line. Where the fuck's he supposed to throw the ball? He, like, he, it, thank God, Quan Alexander picked the ball up. He's like, got a he's doing? got a cannon, but he he also showed some cojones too, hanging hey, in there, hey, dude. If you know. if Will Levis, if they swapped quarterbacks on Thursday night, the Steelers would have scored thirty points, hands down, four hundred yards and wow. thirty points. I agree. The, wow. the one if, weird no, thing, no, I, I I don't know about four hundred yards, but thirty points, okay, thirty points. Like, I agree. Yeah. And, and and if and if the Titans had had the likes of Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, Kenny would have died. <laughs> All right, that's fair too. That's fair. Yeah. The, I the mean, one... he, he would have gotten fucked up. Yeah. Bad. The one weird thing though, like Tennessee sucks. They're a bad team. Yes. And they were letting Levis sling it on first and second down. But then when they got to third and longs, yeah. their play calling, even third and mediums, like they ran the ball on third and five, third and six. Like yeah, their play calling weird. got super conservative too. I was on expecting third down. Them to, to, to screen us on like third and six. Yeah. 
Right. I was like, this is the perfect time to screen us. They're going to fucking do it. They're going to screen us. God damn it. They're going to screen us. They didn't do it. I, I don't get it either. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really weird how conservative they got like in those crunch situations. And I don't know if you know Mike Vrabel got turnover reverse and was like, we're just gonna be conservative. But there was a couple of times even they were on like the fringe of field goal range and basically ran give up plays and wound up punting or taking a penalty. And yeah. You're so right. yeah, but I mean, thanks to their offensive coordinator for being conservative on third downs instead of just letting their quarterback sling it. Cause I was sitting here terrified. I was like, Oh, here's another play. He could carve us up. And then they like run the ball or throw a, you know, wide receiver screen. Or I'm like, what are they doing? Their old line did a terrific job for being a patch. For being terrible. I mean, they gave up the three early sacks. And do you think that was a factor in it? You got a rookie at quarterback. You got a, you got a, a bunch of backups playing offensive line. You got a couple of guys on the edge that are going to fuck up that quarterback. They want to. I mean, do you think that's a factor in it? They're, you know, he's he's thinking as an OC, the D knows this. They know they've got a young quarterback, a young offensive line, a patchwork offensive line, as as Marcus put it a moment ago, and that was accurate. They know this. Is the the defensive coordinator thinking they're going to send – a blitz, right? Either an overload blitz on one side or a, mm-hmm. or blitz the house right now. What I need to do is call a conservative play and keep them on their toes. And 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 what was wild about it is that, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm going to be honest. Joey Porter Jr. did a really nice job against DeAndre Hopkins. And yet they still move the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And, you know. I mean, D Hop won as many as many of those as many as those rounds, if you will. It was as, a good fight. Porter, yes. It was a great fight, as Porter did, but it was a fun fight to watch. It yeah. really was. And and you know, I you know, the other thing as Ian pointed out is the Titans are not good. They're not good. <laughs> no, they are man, not a good not. team. They're and, they're they're a team that you. I mean, I don't want to call it a preseason game because that it, it, it they came to play. They did. It's just there there was a talent disparity, and that's kind of how if you, especially if you go back and you watch it. The play calling wasn't great. Um, you know, the Steelers players just kind of made the most of the situation and 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 won the game. I, I it wasn't it wasn't super impressive, other than it was just a case where our guys were beating their guys one on one. That's it. I mean, except for Hopkins, who Jesus man, that guy commits OPI on every fucking play. Holy shit. Especially when well, you go back and you watch it. Like, you're watching it live, and you're like, that guy's yeah. really physical. What the fuck? And then you go back and you watch the All-22, and you're like, god damn, why aren't they throwing a flag? Are you kidding me? To that point, I think Steelers fans, if you didn't know already, you know, Joy Porter Jr. is is going to get his share of calls, and, and you can't be upset by it because that's the way he plays. And and the Steelers knew it. They Steelers knew it coming in, and he can get better at it. Don't get me wrong. He yeah, can yeah, get yeah. better exactly. at being less exactly. less grabby, but but he's gonna get cold. And and I you know well, and, and he can he can grab other places too. Mark. Sure, like, yeah, like he, yeah, he can grab true. instead of grabbing guys up high here, he can grab them by the hip and pull back a little bit. You get away with that shit. Yeah, he'll learn that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ian, you had a point about Matthew Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, aside from a couple red zone play calls that were dumb as shit, 
Um, <laughs> I thought this was actually his best called game. And for a lot of the first half, like the play calls were actually all right. The players just didn't come out and execute. I would agree with that. Including the quarterback. He's yeah, missing uh, wide open all right, receivers. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, being... I have, you're right. I, I have been as hard it's on your Canada. Tone. This is why as... people hate you. I, I, have been... <laughs> I have been as, as brutal on Canada as anybody else. So I feel like since I was, you know, right. ragging on him for his shit play calls, I should also at least no. recognize him when he does a good job. I, and I think we all need to acknowledge exactly yes. what Ian is saying right now, that this was his best game. It wasn't as perfect, a, as an but OC. it was his best one yet. Yes. Well, I and it doesn't 100% per- agree with you. Doesn't perfection for an offensive coordinator lie along that fine line of, are my, my players actually executing? You know, yes, there are bad calls. But but as we know from like the Jags game where where Pickett actually made some pretty good throws and balls were dropped, uh, the plays were there. Players don't, don't execute, you know. But I, so I, has he been better the last couple of weeks as a play caller? I think so. I do. I don't have a problem saying that. Um, you know, is it going to continue? I, I I don't know. It's is what's Freak doing? Is he on a roll no. here? That freak's always on a roll, but no, he, he he brings up a good point that they're afraid to attack the middle of the field because they're afraid that they're afraid of turnovers. Oh, and, it's disgusting. Yeah, and and even if Muth comes back, like they still don't attack the middle of the field. Yeah. Like it's just it's just it's just it's just what it is. And like you know, I you I posted C.J. Stroud's passing chart the other day, and like mm-hmm. the the guy was just all over the field, and yep. he was just 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 fearless and. And of course, you know, earlier the picket maniacs were like, oh, the Steelers are never going to be in a position to pick a guy like CJ Stroud. It's like nobody told him they had to take Kenny at 20. Nobody told him that. So, like, what, like, like, why, like, why is it always something else? And you know what? Okay, my tone's, my tone's wrong. (laughs) I believe in Kenny. He'll get it right next year when he's 87 years old. Hey, easy. Well, sorry, but, I was going, I was going good, but then I. But why in the up. hell can't you take Darnell Washington? And I know sometimes there's question about his hands. Yes. You mean yes. to tell me he can't run six to eight yards off the line of scrimmage, turn, box out a guy with his the, six foot eight frame, and catch a ball over the middle? I mean, catch on. a little tiny ball in his giant twelve inch hands. Yes. He's behind. He's behind that other guy. I don't even know his name. Rodney uh, uh, Williams. Oh. No, I know what you. Yeah, but, I can't but, get no respect. No, but it's just so <laughs> stupid to me. It's like this is not rocket science. No, he he did have one reception last week, and and that was all well and good. And, and it was we, on the sideline where every other that reception one. is. Every other fucking yeah, well, like we don't throw the ball in the middle of the field. I mean, that's Deontay Johnson must see comeback routes in his sleep. I I, I mean, the poor guy. Hey, Deontay, we need you to run and, a bunch of... And, and I, I'm afraid that what's going to happen is DJ's contract is going to expire, and he's going to go, fuck this, I'm out. Uh, would you blame him? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because, because someone else will use him, his route-running ability, <laughs> and, oh, and get him the ball in space and be like, hey, <sighs> you can do something here. And he'll it, it'll be crazy. Yeah, and the Steelers will go. It'll come. It'll fall back on Mike Tomlin for allowing that to go on. 
in my opinion. But, Could you imagine uh, Deontay with like Patrick Mahomes? Oh Dude. my god. Dude. Especially <laughs> in a scramble drill with Mahomes. Yeah. Yes. 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 That'd I be mean, amazing. look what he look what he did with Ben in the in in that terrible yeah. 2021 year. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Um, let's talk a little bit about Pickens. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it because I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But you know, Pickens eh. was pretty pissed off after the game Thursday, two receptions minus one yard. Uh, you know, went through his social media spat and then said, Hey, you guys can't take a joke, whatever. Ian, are we are we revisiting like Antonio Brown again? What what, what is this? I don't know if I'd go Come that on. far. He's young, he's immature, and yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's just stupid all around. Like, and I know Tomlin doesn't care about social media, but the players do use it to make statements about things. Mm, and yes, they do. So it wasn't nothing but i don't know if it's something either like young kids do stupid things they get frustrated and you know he didn't see a lot this is two games in a row now he hasn't seen a lot of targets and i jokingly tweeted out before the game when they announced that matt canada was going to be on the sidelines like how many drives will it take before george pickens punches matt canada in the face because like not getting the ball and (laughs) so I don't know. It's it's just it's stupid. But uh, so yeah. I, to interrupt you, Ian, I'm sorry, but yeah. Scarps, I want to ask you this question. Yeah, go, go to Ryan. He's the PR expert. Well, right? yeah, I, I, I when <laughs> when that shit starts happening, oh, are you guys the first ones on the horn? Do they say, "Hey, uh, we really need you to get a hold of uh, 14. He's looking like an asshole on social media." You know, how does I, it work? I, I thought about I thought about this over this uh, during this week because it's it's totally different it's just totally different than than it used to be the social media thing isn't what it used to be um and yeah there were guy you know I, hey, martavis bride for example um you know good for him he signed with the uh, dallas cowboys practice squad but do you remember when they drafted who the hell they who was it was it who the hell what receiver did they draft and he was like that's not my replacement that's sammy coach replacement like you remember that that tweet uh, that was bryant wasn't it no, it was uh, it was Bryant that tweeted it, but it I was can't Juju. remember. What, it was Juju. Juju. It was yes, Juju. Yes, good call. Um, yep. It was just like one of those things where it was like, it was like, oh, come on, man, like what the fuck? But like, um, you know, so I'm not going to say that Steelers, you know, players never did that thing, but it's, you know, this is a, even though they got guys like Cam and TJ or whatever, this is a very very young team, and. This is the type of behavior that is just equated with the younger generation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, yes, we had to, yes, we had to tell guys to delete tweets or don't say that and don't tweet that or don't do this and that. But, um, I know it's not, I know it's, it's, it's wild that to even think about that, but, um, sorry, sorry. You got to tell grown ass men that they, uh, yeah, no, I know. Well, media. No, I know. Um, but the th- the thing about it is that he 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 said he separates social media from football or whatever. But he deleted all of his Steelers posts. He said, "Free me!" After a game where he didn't catch a touchdown pass and didn't really do much other than that, 
And like, like, who are you kidding, dude? Like, like we fucking get it. Like, like we get it. We know that we know that you think you're the best receiver ever. But the pro the problem is though, is that he thinks he got it all figured out and he doesn't, he doesn't have it all figured out. Um, he is not a good route runner. He's good at go balls and, and back shoulders and making some highlight plays, but that's about it. Deontay Johnson's wide receiver one. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. He, he's good at running he, posts and corners and, yeah. and nines, which is just a go ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, but no, you know, George Pickens is not the first person to, to do something like that, but um, you know, it, it's a repeated pattern with Steelers wide receivers and you can't deny that. Uh, it is, no. but I think it's it's league wide, it? and it's just yeah, the position. I, I, the position. I'm not what, saying it's exactly. not. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. What Ian said is 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 correct. I agree. It it just seems to be something about the position that it just breeds it. I don't understand it. Look at Stephon Diggs. You want to talk about a fucking asshole? Oh my god, he knocked yeah. over a fucking security guy who was looking the other way <laughs> when he caught yeah, a he, touchdown. He, he, yeah. He knocked him over and looked at the guy and said, "Get the fuck off me!" Yeah, he get is the fuck an up. Ass. He said, "Get your ass up!" But said, I don't get know. Get your ass up! What the fuck's wrong with but, you? But people the dude were was saying facing the other way. He was facing that. the crowd, man. He did say it. That he was. Well, he was on a they, mic saying it. But they were saying that the that his teammates said that. But regardless, it's not a good look. I agree. <sighs> nah. And and Diggs did the same thing earlier this year of like. D deleting all the bill stuff from his Twitter. And I mean, he wanted a contract and stuff, but I think, but I, I don't know. It's, I think you're right about the position though, that it's just like when you've got these guys it, that have to go out there basically on an Island and operate one-on-one -on -one against the defensive back that, and, and then make a play pretty much all on their own. It, it breeds that diva mentality of like, I got to go out there and I got to do this for myself and I'm the greatest that there is. And right. it just wide receiver is probably the most separated position from the rest of the team. It, like that's and, the reason you never see. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Well, you're yeah, literally I mean, you're on an Island. You're on an Island. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's really good perspective, Ian. That really is. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I I don't like I said I don't want to spend. Yeah, hey, we going to talk about it. the Packers tonight at all? And the we, well, we're getting there, Ben. In an um, hour. Yeah. Well, you know, here, here's I, we I'll have just the interview, this. so we went a little longer. right, right. We can go a little longer. It's fine. Um, the 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 Packers have not been good. They're three and five, but Jordan Love is, has thrown six TDs and zero picks the last two games. That concerns me. Um, because before he had been eight TDs, eight picks in the and first six games. They have a good games. run game. And, and they can run the ball a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I, I I don't think this is just one you put in the win column. Um, I, no. I expect another dogfight type thing. Um, so if you look at the, another rock fight. Yeah, if you look at the yeah, stats. Absolutely. Which I know the Kenny Pickett haters don't want to look at the stats, according to Ryan. But um, <laughs> if you look at the stats, the Packers are actually better than the Steelers in pretty much every category, whether it's points per game, yards per game, yards against per game, run defense, pass defense, rushing offense, passing offense. The only area 
that they're not better is record. And I think it goes back to like what Bill Cowher always said, that the line between 10 and six and six and 10 is very thin. Yep. And and like right now we're five and three and they're three and five. And like statistically they've been better, but they just haven't closed out games and they've lost a couple games on fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives that other quarterbacks have had, but to some bad teams, like they lost to a, Atlanta they lost to that's not very good. Yep. Um gave so, up the lead. Yeah, I don't know. Green Bay has a pretty good pass defense and a bad run defense, but knowing us, we're gonna probably come out and try and throw the ball because we're course. idiots. Um, so who knows? I mean, if it was me, I'd go back to you know the game plan from the end of last season, which is you pound the rock with Najee 25 plus times, give Warren another 10 carries. And then basically only make Pickett throw the ball when he absolutely has to. I I, I wouldn't hate it. I because I, I think I think they can force love into some mistakes. He, oh yeah, he, he still is what he is. He, he is. And his uh, his arm is not as good as everyone thought it was. Right. Like, yeah. People were jizzing over him in the draft process. Whoa, 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 like, he's whoa, got a Ian, it's a family show. Sorry. People were yeah, ejaculating we, we over him a lot. in the draft process nope. because they thought he had a big arm, not realizing that Utah State was playing against like the Colorado School of Mines. <laughs> go and, and, like I, I remember we were we were on this show and yeah. someone else who used to be on this show loved J- Jordan Love, and Ben and I were on here like. If he's make was making those same throws against NFL defensive backs, those are pick sixes. Those are not completions yeah. to his wide receivers. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, you find that out. You do, um, but he will take risks. He does take risks, and his receivers aren't. His receivers are really inconsistent. Right, they they are. Um, they they he doesn't really have much in the way of a tight end right now. Um, so and, wh- and you know, I think the running game. Go ahead, Scarps. No, um, you know, not yet, Aaron. They <laughs> no, I mean, Ian, you're right. They but they've been better against the run after the bye. Um, you know, you know, a couple injury notes. Christian Watson is full, so that's that's big for them. Yeah. Um, but Jair Alexander didn't practice yesterday. Um, Kenny Clark has been limited, but you know, as we all know, there are no gimmies in this league, especially when, especially when you're the Steelers, but, um, you know, Jordan love is a project. Um, but you know, he's also, he's same age as Pickett. Um, <laughs> so we got the battle of the projects, this, this, project, I, this is a big game for us. Battle of the project quarterbacks this yeah. weekend. We got Jordan love who, who, uh, I didn't think I needed a mentor him. Uh, he didn't have a mentor in, uh, in, in Aaron Rodgers and Kenny Pickett who, Oh, we have a question for Ben here. Didn't have anything. Um, but yes, uh, Aaron, I would start Aaron Jones this week. Um, but you know, the the thing about the here's a guy. The thing about the Packers is they they're kind of they're kind of like us. They have talent. They have talent mm-hmm. in a variety of spots. Yep. But 
you know, they have lost to, you're right, the Falcons. They've lost to the Raiders. They've lost to the Broncos. Like, they're, they're, they're whatever. But, you know, they got good running backs. Um, they have talent at receiver. Their defense isn't that bad. Um, but, Ian, I agree with Ian. We should probably run the ball 40 times. But knowing us, we're going to be okay with out. Knowing right. us, we're going to go three and out on the first drive with three straight throws. Um, and <laughs> I'll never it, expect it. And, and it'll be, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be just like uh, every Sunday, every Steelers game the past, you know, what two and a half years now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think this is a big one for them because after this, they got the majority of their games are on the road. Um, you know, games at. Baltimore at Cincinnati at Seattle at Indianapolis. Uh, I mean, at Cleveland. I, I mean, they, they got to get a W in this one. Um, I, I, I mean, I have every intention that it will be a rock fight as, as Ryan likes to call it. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, are we ready to do predictions? Well, does Ben have any thoughts on the game? We haven't gotten, Ben wanted ben, to talk about the game, and right. we got to get his analysis. My analysis yeah. well, is... For, first of all, Freak, you're going to get coal in your stocking because you're never going to get a one complete game in all three phases from this team, my friend. <laughs> no, I, I am sorry, Freak. You're not. Especially, I'm sorry, from the offense. You're not. It, no. It's just that they're going to they're gonna play like shit for three quarters. Hopefully, Matt Canada will call it. Decent game, which he did last Thursday. Yeah, yeah, Got to give yeah. him props. And maybe being down on the field was a good thing for him because maybe communicating with players and saying, hey, what are they doing? What's going on? Getting that feedback was good. I don't know. But uh, he called a much better game. I agree with Ian 100%. Um, wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and I, I called this as soon as I watched it, the second time I said it was better than bad. And then when I watched the all 22, I was like, eh, you know, yeah, it was better than bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't inspiring. There was nothing inspired about, about right. the way that that game was called, but it was better than bad. So yes, what we should do as, as Ian and Ryan have already pointed out is run the ball like 40, 50 times. Um, I don't know if we will. We'll yeah. see what happens. Our defense needs to play opportunistic ball. They need to uh, force a few turn turnovers. Yep. Um, they're, we're not a great run defense. And, and I think with losing Cole Holcomb, we're going to be even worse. Um, I really do. Although, you know, Robinson might well, play I this like, week. I like Roberts. Well, no. you, you know, Mike – Mike and I know Mike doesn't say much, but Mike Mike did Mike acted like Mark Robinson's not gonna be a factor. Maybe that was just gamesmanship. He didn't want to say anything, Could but be. But wait, Sunshine Steelers Twitter told me that Mark yeah. Robinson was going to get huge opportunities. Did he even a... get a snap last week when Holcomb here, went out? Here it is. You know what? Now the Mark Robinson lovers are gonna come after fucking after Ian because of that comment. <laughs> hold on, right hold on. I have been advocate. This is an awesome comment from Johnny, by the way. I have Fuck been you, Johnny. <laughs> awesome have... comment, Johnny. 
I have been advocating for more Mark Robinson snaps since week one when we couldn't stop Christian McCaffrey from right. running all over us. So but I, mean, I have all four Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson more. is a Landon Roberts light. Let's be uh, frank. Have you have you seen Mark Robinson? He might be a Landon Roberts heavy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's true. Well played. Yeah, I mean, in a physical standpoint, from a physical standpoint, yes, no question. But the dude, he's a yeah. good run defender. He might be okay in blitz. That's it. He's not covering anybody. That ain't happening. No. So no. now what you've got to do is, like, try to fill a vacuum with Keanu Neal and Mark Robinson where – Cole Holcomb left it, and it's not like Cole Holcomb right. was great in coverage, and Keanu Neal is not great in coverage either. No, uh-uh. but nope. but there's not going to be any drop off in those guys. I mean, and we haven't had a great coverage linebacker since since Ryan Shazier got hurt. Let's be frank. I mean, to me, it's communication. That's what it's not worries just me. Communication. Right. It's no, not I know, but just to me, that's where it starts. It's physical ability. Like yep. you know, Ultimately. if you're the inside linebacker. The Mac, which they maybe they play, maybe they don't anymore. But um, the best conference you, in college football, Maction, baby. Okay, the M A C K linebacker. Oh, um, my bad. You know Ryan's that you either bad. have the tight end or the running back. That's your responsibility, and the the strong safety has the other guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know you you there's there's no guesswork. You know that's the guy you're covering. You just have to go where he is. It's basically man coverage, <laughs> and we still can't cover. We cannot cover the middle of the field. We can't do it. And we also don't throw to the middle of the field on offense. So the middle right. of the field is where we are weak. Um, I, Both I did sides wanna, the ball. The, 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 what did you guys uh, think of uh, uh, Ryan? I'll let you tackle this one first. Uh, Broderick Jones's debut at the right tackle spot. Oh, Thoughts? great. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that I thought that he did fine. Um, I think it was a spark that they needed. They ran the ball very well, probably the best they've run it all year. Uh, my only concern about it Except is that, left. yeah, my only concern about it is that he he flat out today was like, yeah, I'd rather play left tackle, but whatever, you know, like, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. do whatever they want, but. Um, as long as he's doing the job, I really, I really don't care. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, so the question is, and there are nine. Weeks. I heard that. I heard that Chooks. You ready for this? Here we go. I heard that Chooks, a core four, went up to Mike Tomlin, looked right in his eyes. And said, "You won with Cowers players." <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that funny, but I just wanted to be an asshole for a second. No, on this show, no. that's funny. No, but I am going to tell you this right now. I don't. I don't know this, but the more I think about it, is that Shooks said something about the sacred cow at quarterback. And it did, and he said it in front of the wrong people, and it did not go over well. You know what? That might have been. Uh, he definitely. My feeling is he said something about Matt Canada, or a teammate. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're you're on to something there, my friend. I, I would lean more towards probably a teammate. I don't that, know. 
I don't he even said something it. though. Yeah. He said something, and 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 yeah. Mike didn't take it well. <laughs> but but let's be honest. I, I mean, Jones was a step up from a core for to me immediately. Jesus, no, are you kidding me? I mean, no, especially in, right. right. especially in run Actually, both at pass blocking and run blocking. It didn't really matter. No. And he said, "Whatever, I just want to play. I don't care, but I'd rather play left tackle." And Here's, yeah, so yeah. The question. Right. Hang on. Let me just make this one point real quick, and then I'll yeah, yeah relinquish the time. There's nine weeks. Right. Can Dan Moore play right tackle? Yes or no? I, I, they had him there several times during the preseason. I, I, I thought apparently he he's he's still not comfortable there. Won't yeah. do it. And they're like, you know, this kid can play either side, so we're gonna have him play over here. But, well, yeah, Aaron, of course you are. Um, <laughs> but uh, next year. You've got to put Jones at left tackle. You can't fuck around. You can't fiddle I, I, fuck around like this. Preaching to the choir. So what I, do you I do agree. next next season? And I know I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but next season, what do you do with the right tackle spot? I mean, Chooks. He I think to, he's done. Chooks' pass sets. Chooks' pass protection sets suck so yeah. bad. I don't. I don't know why he sets so deep, but he does every goddamn time. And he got a nice deal. He got a nice, re, like he resigned. Yeah, he doesn't for a have very, a huge deal, but it's, 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 it's pretty good. Nine million. We were years. all. I think we were all surprised when he got resigned. Yeah, right. But, I mean, he, he. I think at the time he was like that, fifteen. That number. He he was the fifteenth highest paid tack, right tackle at the time. Yeah. And now yeah. he's you know it, it's deeper than that. He's he's way down. But I I, I don't know. I, uh, you know yeah. what happens next season? I I think you need to play Jones. I think Jones is your future. You know, twenty twenty five million dollar year guy who's going to have a a long career where he's a very very good tackle. Do you ever notice that Aaron kind of sides with Ohio State? I, I don't. Did you guys ever notice that? No, I think. Did yeah, you notice that Dewan Jones got his ass kicked by T.J. Watt? Yeah, I, I mean, it's them. like uh, who doesn't? I, I'm pretty sure Aaron that's actually has, a really good point. That's uh, he's one of the best in the business, so I should shut up. Aaron has pictures of Earl Bruce still in his house. Um, the the former Ohio State coach. I, I'm guessing there's like an, a, an autographed portrait of Earl Bruce somewhere. Is he naked uh, in the in the in the portrait? Um, uh, I'm not gonna go that far, but uh, I'm just saying maybe he might say be. a speedo, maybe uh, a, a buckeye just, speedo, a speedo, a buckeye speedo. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right for Earl Bruce. Sexy-ish. Right. He had quite a quite a mouth on him. Go ahead, Ian. Right. Make a relevant here's, point. Here's the truth. <laughs> I I love how we've all been drinking, and you're like, Ian will still make a relevant point. <laughs> you're the only one left. <laughs> I know, it's true. All right, here's, here's, I'll start preaching. Here's the truth of the matter. Oh, boy. Broderick Jones, regardless of where he plays, is our best offensive tackle. Goddamn right. He is better 
at left tackle than Dan Moore. He is better at right tackle than Chooks. They just got to find a way to get the kid on the fucking field. Like, I don't care if he's playing left or right. I kind of agree with Broderick at this point that, like, he's played left tackle his whole career. And I was kind of worried coming into this game that it was going to be like when the Penguins traded for Jerome McGinley and then played him on the wrong wing. That, like, going from left to right is not easy. I remember Max Stark saying it was almost like learning a different language. That, like, you had to think about everything because you were doing it with your opposite hand going from one side to the other. But Broderick did great. He, he did. He, did he was nice, better yeah. than Chooks. Yeah. So like Broderick is so much is, better athlete that it's yeah. like yeah yeah. Broderick Broderick is better than both tackles at their respective jobs. The only problem yep. is we can't clone him. The the better solution possibly would be to send Darnell Washington to every buffet in Pittsburgh and turn him into a left tackle and keep Broderick at right tackle. And then all of a sudden we drafted our two tackles of the future, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love nothing more, but we'll see. You know, uh, Darnell Washington is is another guy who's a gigantic human being and also a great athlete. So he is bigger than like his measurables are bigger than Broderick Jones. Like he is taller. He the only thing he doesn't do is way more, but he is taller. He has bigger hands. He has longer arms. It's like everything. Yeah. And these these are two immense human beings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just and, you know, out of the last three first round picks, Broderick Jones is the already the best of the bunch, and he has a higher ceiling than any of them. And he like I mean that that kid can be an all pro. There's no question in my mind. Like like he, yeah. you know he 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 does have an awkward shape. Like like remember remember that basketball video where he's like yes. huge up top and he got no ass and like no legs. <laughs> But like he's doing pretty good, you know what I yeah. mean? So like he's got a low like, center of gravity though, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, got a low center of gravity. And when you're you're six four and change, having a low center of gravity is a really weird thing. And and and, know, and, a, and a great asset at offensive tackle. I'm just yeah. saying. And you know, when 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 yeah, when yeah, I'm probably gonna get one too, even though I'm fucking sick as hell. But it's all right, but but I just, you know, I said this. At, I, 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 what? Nothing. Eight twenty-seven. Yes, Benjamin. Three hours. Thanks. Eleven minus three is eight. I love you. Anyway, but the, I, you know, we talked about this on the show, and I said it's no big deal if he doesn't start right away, and he didn't, and I didn't think it was a big deal, but now you know what you got. The tooth, like like Pickett last year, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't go yeah. back now. That's right. And you That's know right. what? You know what? Like I used to joke and say, like, what could Polamalu ever really say to somebody? Remember the time he fought Ray Rice, and he and he, like they got into like a big argument. Oh yeah, remember that? It was yeah. yeah. This is this is before Ray Rice had domestic violence issues. Right. But I used to joke and be like, man, what the fuck did Troy say to Ray Rice? Like, did he did he look at Ray Rice and be like, your sister is average looking? Like, <laughs> or something like, 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 was it like was it like that bad? You know what I mean? Like, like your mother's cookies right? are your mother's cookies aren't that good. Like, your like mother's cookies are overcooked. Yes, he doesn't and like. like <laughs> so, like, fuck. For all we know, Chooks was like, Chooks was like, man, this play call is sucks. 
And Mike was like, <laughs> and Mike in the back of his mind was like, hmm, your ass ain't as good as Broderick Jones, and I'm going to use this to <laughs> demote you. Yeah, no. And <laughs> honestly, fair. Yes. And, and you know what? The wildest thing about that, though, is, is that they would have been better off just by saying it was performance-based right. rather than saying it's because Chooks said something. Because that's all we could talk about. What the fuck did Chooks really say? Like, what did he really I, say? Did, did Chooks say, hey, man, you know, Matt Canada has nudies of somebody <laughs> on his like That's why he's still on his team. He's got a nudie pictures of somebody. Like, like to think about that. But, like, I don't know what the hell – I don't know what the dude said. But regardless, yeah. it's a good thing that he did say it because for whatever reason. Got a better player on the field. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I hadn't thought of it before, but Ryan's point about him saying something about Pickett makes a ton of sense. Like, if he came off the field and was like, what the fuck is Kenny doing this shit for? Like, Kenny sucks. He can't make the right throw. I I could see that ruffling some feathers and i and and i and i say that because remember last year when like when boz remember the boz moment where boz was like it's not because yes. of you not, not because of you. you not because of you and i know that like i mean i know boz is sort of a made man but he's a he's a fucking kicker like like i know they don't want to get rid of him but like everybody knew who he was talking about and he right. said it in front oh, of yeah. everyone so like I'm not saying Chooks is the same level of player as Boz, but we're talking about like a, a starting a starting right tackle versus a kicker. So it's almost like, you know, yeah. did did like Can you post the last one, please? Did 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 Chooks? <laughs> love you, love you, Johnny. Um, but no, I don't know. It's and just like, it's just a weird. Here, I'm gonna go get a Yingling, and can we wait until I get back for predictions? You can talk about well, how fucking terrible I am. Well, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to Ian and Ben for predictions, and then uh, you there can go, go, and then then we'll have Casey. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So the Packers come in one o'clock game this Sunday. It's supposed to be about 48 degrees. Looks like sunny, light winds. Should be a really good day for football. Um, and, uh, Ian, let's start with you. What are your predictions uh, for Sunday? Uh, um, I predict Ian telling everyone around him. Cause I know those people that, uh, this is how the game is going and this is why it's going that way. Uh, yeah. So I'll actually be at the game on Sunday. Uh huh. So yes, that is true. Um, so the over under line <laughs> on this game is 38. <laughs> this is why uh this I'm is betting the under. Yeah. Th- 38 though is pretty so, low, but sounds like of, Iowa Rutgers. But both of these teams suck. Like even even looking at like the last 5 games, the That's the, a little brutal. They're both mediocre. Okay. All right. The, As the, the kids last... would say they're both mid. mid. They're mid. They're mid. The last five games, the Packers' highest scoring game was 20 points, which they did twice, once in a loss to Detroit and once in a win over the Rams. The Steelers have actually scored 24 points once in that span, uh, but also have a 20-point win. Like Both of these teams cannot score. They suck. Um, hey, easy. So... <laughs> 
And your prediction uh, I is? I know. I got to make a prediction. Uh, this is going to be like a field goal fest, I feel like. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Steelers. Ooh. Did Mason Crosby retire? I don't know. I don't She's know. still there. He's um, going to be like 90. I'm I'm trying to figure out like all right like four, Sydney Crosby, you know, four right? field goals a, all right four field goals and a touchdown is nineteen all right I'm gonna go sixteen thirteen Steelers all right oh, wow. 16, and, and, 13 Steelers. And, and by the way last week I said it was gonna be a, a weird ass game and I think I said it was nineteen fifteen was my prediction Ryan probably has it written down although he was hammered in Atlanta last week so I don't know if he, <laughs> But he can go um, back to the replay. Somewhere yeah. on the floor I, of a Circle I, K bathroom is your prediction. I, uh, I think I said 1915 oh, last oh, week, oh. and it was 20 to 16, so I was pretty close. So I'll go 16-13 right. Steelers this week. Uh, ben, what do you got? Uh, I, I, I think this is going to be another um, uh, rock, fight, rock fight, as Ryan likes to put it. It's, it's going to be another uh, one of those games where – it uh, it it tests our cardiac abilities, our ability oh, to handle God. stress. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be another one of those. It's gonna suck. And and what the worst part about that is, during the course of the game, we're gonna be able to tell that the Packers really just aren't that good. Okay. And 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 we're st- and it's still gonna be close because both teams are mid, as the kids would say, <laughs> mid. They're very mid, they're uh, but I think the Steelers, not just because they're at home, but because they're a, a, a slightly better team, mm-hmm. um, pull this one out, and I, and I have a Steelers 20, uh, Packers 16. All right. Very good. And Mr. Scarpino. You know, I you know, I'm a big history guy and I'm a big numbers guy. And the last two times these teams faced off in Pittsburgh, twenty seventeen, the Steelers so won seven thirty six on the Mike Wallace touchdown. No, that was twenty thirteen. Well, that was that was twenty that was two thousand nine. So it was twenty seventeen in twenty seventeen it was thirty one twenty eight Steelers and then in, in two thousand nine, yes, it was thirty seven thirty six. Um Another one score game. If one by com- Mike Tomlin. If yeah, well, so if if they even combine for 36 points, I'm gonna be stunned. Um, you know, I keep going back and forth on this, and and I sit and wonder how long can the Steelers realistically keep up this one this one score game magic? Apparently um, 17 years. Well, well. <laughs> Yes, but <laughs> I'm just saying. no, 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 no. But I, but I look at this as like, is like, you know, like last year the Minnesota. I think the Vikings were eleven and one in one yes. score games, and then lost at home. No, lost eleven and zero in one score games, and then they lost at home to the to the Giants and the Giants. You know, whatever. The but Giants. um, Johnny, you're wrong. Seven. Wow. I have to. You know, I have to. I have to keep, I have to keep picking against the Steelers because it's been it's been working. Oh boy, um, Dick, what a hater! No, no, you're gonna say a dick, but like 
I wouldn't be surprised if this was if this was um you know if this was all right, I'm going Packers 17-16. Oh my god. 17-16? Yes. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh this will be my second Steelers Packers tilt. I saw the Steelers and Packers in Lambeau. This is like the back, last duel back in like 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Was that the Mark, Troy Mark was actually alive to for a touchdown game? Yes. That was it, an illegal Mark, bat game too. Yes. No. Yes. Ziggy Hood on a blocked field goal got yes. called for an illegal it was right bat. in front of me. That was such a bullshit call. Fuck that. It oh was Mark. This is why fucking I hate Jeff fucking referees. Ripley. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, look, Mark. I'm sorry. Look. No, there are lots of reasons you hate referees. Let's not let's not underscore <laughs> like the one, the one call. There yeah, are so look, many reasons you hate look, referees. That guy's got a long fucking memory too. Like he remembers shit that I don't remember. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Jesus. This how the uh, fuck do the, you retain all this shit? The game how, I you, was you at... drink during games. I know I've seen you. How do you how he do you retain this? Memory, Ben. Yeah. Jesus. Uh Anyway, the game I was at at Lambeau Love you guys. was probably the most perfect football environment I've ever been in. It was about 24 degrees. It snowed the entire game. That sounds perfect. And, and I got into my seat, and this old woman behind me, probably oh, yeah. in her 70s or 80s, she taps she me mean. on the shoulder. I got all my Steelers gear on. She's all Packers stuff, and she says, is this your first time at Lambeau? I said, yes, ma'am, it is. And she says, I would like to welcome you here. We'd love to have visiting fans here. We we just love it, and, and I hope you have a great time. I said, oh, thank you very much. And she says, but we're going to kick your ass. And um, <laughs> she was actually, she was very funny the whole game. And I got to know a lot of great people. Um, and, and thankfully, the Steelers won that game. But um, I'm going to go uh, in this one. I'm going to go another one-score game, 22-16. Steelers 22-16. Yep. 20. So, I, I agree I, with Ian. I think there's gonna be a lot gotta, of field goals. A lot of field I gotta, goals. I got so, a decent sorry, got it. Oh I was say, Mark, my my lasting memory of a Packers fan at Heinz Field was the 2009 game where they threw the pat or Ben hit Mike, Mike Wallace, Wallace in the corner. Yep. There was a Packers fan sitting right in front of me. And every play that Ben dropped back, he was like, he would scream like, pick, pick, interception, pick, pick, uh, throw a pick. One of those guys. And Ben threw for like 500 yards and no picks that yep. game. 500 and it was yards. just hilarious that every time <laughs> he was like, pick, what pick, pick. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, he hasn't thrown, he, he didn't throw one the entire game. So, oh, that's yeah, wonderful. that was, uh, uh that was a that was a hell of an ending though when Mike Wallace caught. Oh, it was amazing. That was, that yeah. was a great game. That totally. was that was that, a great pass and a great catch and yeah yeah. yeah. Troy it's, Troy yeah. was injured for that game and Tyrone Carter started, which is why they carved. But he had us two picks, so didn't he? I don't not in that game. I, no, I want to say game. Okay, you're right. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but Carter had a couple of big plays that game. He did. He may have. He got absolutely roasted that game, but yeah. in the passing game, yes. Casey, he was Casey not good. Uh, ready to go? All right. Oh, yeah. at, at any rate, I'm Roland, sorry. Roland no wait, Brian, Brian didn't. Brian, in. 
Did yeah. Ryan give a prediction? Oh yeah, he picked the he Packers. He picked the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, live from the grave is Mr. What a hater. Casey Kasem. I got a I got a good story about that Packers game though. Can I Which tell one? it first? The 2013 game in Green. Oh, Bay. please do. Um, so yeah, Steel Dad mentioned it snowed the whole time. It oh, was the most um, are not no question. If if anybody asked my favorite game of my time there, it was definitely that. Um, you couldn't have written it better. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing about that night though, and I'll never forget this, is that um, I uh, we had our media dinner that night. And I was already a little tuned up and I decided to go, I decided to watch Dick LeBeau uh, at the team meeting, recite the nightmare before Christmas. Um, Not the nightmare. What the hell did I just say? I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) down there before Christmas. The night before Christmas. Sorry. Sorry. That's (laughs) the movie. Right. It's Halloween. I'm sorry. No. So, uh, but Dick LeBeau used to recite the night before Christmas. Yes. From. um, yeah, from yeah. memory. And that was and, on yes. that and game was, was on the 23rd, I believe. And LeBeau, like LeBeau was just the smoothest cat of all time. That dude definitely got laid, I'm just saying. But um <laughs> but um so I'm I'm a little buzzed up and I, I go into this I go into the you know the the meeting and, and LeBeau does it and I'm like, oh man, like it was just such a beautiful moment. And Tomlin sees me and he and he weighs me over and I was like, oh fuck, he's gonna he's gonna think I'm drunk. Like this isn't good, this is terrible. And he goes, Ryan, I need you to do me a favor. I said, What's up? He goes, Hey man, earlier this week, Mike McCarthy said that we don't need Aaron Rodgers to beat the Steelers. And I said, Yeah, coach, I I know all about it. He goes, he goes, cool. He goes, go print that article off and fucking slide it under every defensive player's door. Oh, <laughs> Now at this point, so at this point, I go up to the front desk, and everybody from Wisconsin is very nice, and they get me lovely people. They get me a they get me a printer. I print off all these articles. I get a fucking Miller Lite bottle to go, and I go on my way. And I slid, (laughs) I slid these pro football talk articles with the with with the fucking headline: Mike McCarthy. We don't need. Aaron Rodgers to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I slid them under every fucking defensive player's door. Kiesel, Hayward, yeah, Timmons, yeah. Cortez, Polamalu, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ryan Clark. And I'm like, and I'm like, I mean, I wanted to run through. I fucking put one under my own door. I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I got, I for, and I forgot, and I forgot I did that. I forgot I did that. So after drinking more, after dropping them all off, I went to my hotel room and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I was like, yeah, fuck you, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> um, that, was a, that was a good moment. That was, a, that was a fun time. That was a fun time. And and we ended up, I mean, we gave up 31 points, but who gives a fuck? Oh, it was it was an amazing game, though. It anyway, was just awesome. Anyway, that was that that was a memorable trip for many reasons. But that, yeah. I, I just anyway. Hey, Casey's Coast, Coast, Coast American Top Wait, Party. wait, wait. I was told that right. that bulletin board material is not real. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> bro. Remember when mem- because remember in the tw- 2001 AFC championship game. Because of 9-11, there was no break in between the AFC title and the Super Bowl. Remember that? That's right. Cower Cower told the players to bring their luggage with them in the AFC championship game. And and you remember who fucking used that? 
Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. And if you don't think fuck, so if Bill Belichick is using that shit, everybody's yeah, using that, that shit. Right. Goddamn right. So that's why guys like George Pickens should shut their fucking mouths and not say anything. Right? For fuck's sake. Oh, my God. Okay, listen. I'm sorry for interrupting Casey. Can we do that? No, again? it's okay. It's okay. Casey's I got to get another beer for this. Go for it, Ryan. American <laughs> Top 40. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was November 9th, 1982. Our favorite correspondent, Ryan, is back with us this week. Uh, once again, back with us this week. And he writes, Dear Casey, what you gonna do, Casey? What you gonna do when Picket Mania runs wild on you? Oh, yeah. Casey, I learned the hard way this week not to mess with the Picket Maniacs. They are real and they are very weird. But, <laughs> but if you say your prayers and take your vitamins, Pickett will throw for another 186 yards and one <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> Picket maniacs have no shame, Casey. They'll move the goalposts as far as they want and as often as they want. They want to make Pickett into a thing so bad, even though he'll never be good enough. He's just like Ben early on. Wow, there's a stretch. Ben didn't suck for three quarters and then turn it on. He was consistent and then turned it on. Anyone with a set of eyes, Casey, knows that Pickett is nothing like early Ben. But Casey, you just have to give him time. Let him develop. By the, by the time he may or may not develop, he'll be 33 years old. <laughs> the window of opportunity is not always open. We're spoiled because that window has been open more often than not. But if you look around the league, the Steelers' consistency is the exception, not the rule. Hey, Casey, when Pickett starts, the Steelers win 60% of the time. When Mason started, the Steelers won 55% of the time. <laughs> Mason has better numbers than Pickett, but he went to Oklahoma State, so he sucks. If Kenny, <laughs> if Kenny didn't play for the University of Pittsburgh, oh. the team that shares a facility with the Steelers, literally the same building, and let's say he played for UNLV, there would be no picket mania. They would want him gone. But it's okay, Casey. He's Kenny Clutch. He's fourth quarter Kenny. Despite him having the fewest passing touchdowns out of any quarterback that's ever thrown at least 600 passes in this league, Kenny is him. You cannot critique him at all or the picket maniacs will send you DMs. That's right, Casey. Because I said the defense has kept them in games, which has allowed Pickett to have game-winning drive opportunities, I got threatening DMs. Scarpino don't like it. Rocking the Casbah. Well, Ryan, you should know better to criticize a grown-ass man that has more than 20 starts under his belt. He'll get it someday. You're just a hater. Up 11 spots this week to number 38. Here's the clash with Rocking the Casbah. <laughs> And he's got a yangling in his hand. Oh, there we go. Oh, God. All right. It's holy shit. An hour and 43 minutes. Okay. Sorry. All right. Let me Ish. recap by saying thanks so much to John Harris, who joined us at the beginning. Yeah, that was John's great. Brand you, new John. book is Tomlin, the soul of a football coach. You can get it if you're in the Berg, just about any bookstore. 
but you can also get it on Amazon. Check it out. Uh, it's great stuff. I, I'm very glad and thankful to Rachel uh, Marble who got this for me, sent it so I could preview it a little bit. And um, it, it's great. Tons of interviews. I highly recommend it. But uh, for these guys, uh, that's it. This is the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Hey, by the way, fuck Richard Mendenhall for bringing this shit up again. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, what about that shit? Okay, we should have talked about that. He's a Ravens fan. Ravens fucking suck. Thank you. One of of the least favorite people I ever interacted with. What a dick. Out.